Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes, hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Yeah, look, um, I thought I had a good captain this week, Pato. Still got 138, but your Dangerfield call fucking killed me. Well, I mean, you did have a good captain. Yeah. But uh, just, yeah, Dangerfield had... A massive game and had a had a funny feeling last week. I said in the podcast, and you should have rolled with me, but I know you didn't bring danger in, so that's a bit unlucky, mate. Yep, yep. Anyway, it's probably one of the more disgusting blender challenges that we've done. I'm now four one down, um, but in here we have <laughs> yeah. So I ended up getting tuna, sour cream, a little bit of mustard, it's a bit of water in here, um, and also shredded cheese because I kind of forgot to do the blender challenge. And right before we started this podcast, I had to run to the kitchen and grab whatever I could find. So, um, yeah, bottoms up, Pato. Yep, cheers. I'll have a sip of beer while you do that. Oh. Oh. Oh, it tastes weird. It's the chunky bits of the cheese. <laughs> oh, okay. Lovely. The tuna blended all right. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost feel a little bit bad for you, Dana. You just keep losing these. I'll bounce back. I'll bounce back this week. Well, we'll go four two. Then it'll be four three. Then four four. Um, anyway, we'll go straight into it, Pato. Start us off with the injuries and what has happened with Lockie Neal. Yeah, look, um, we we broke it when we heard it last week. Lockie Neal came down with a little bit of a calf niggle during training. Um, which is super frustrating because he was looking like just coming back to his absolute best. Uh, originally, the report was two to three weeks, uh, but I feel like Juno sort of sees some stuff at training and then they just roll with a, a massive assumption just to get the breaking news. So, look, he was a late out, didn't even fly with the team. So it was a bit weird that he was named, but they've come out and said he should be fine for next weekend. So, look, something to be a little bit alarmed about because, you know, soft tissue injury, but... Uh, the club have said he'll play. So, yeah, if you traded him out, that's a little bit unlucky. Um, but, yeah, he should be fine this weekend. Yeah, Jezza Cameron from Geelong uh, during the game, he booted three goals early and then, bam, just went down with a hammy. Looks like a several weeks job there, Pato. Yeah, they've come out and said it's a it's a recurrence of that one that he's had two, uh, had come up twice now, three times now down at Geelong. So not good for him or Geelong fans at all he'll be lucky to get back for the regular season i reckon don't know might play the last week or two uh leading into finals but pretty unlucky for him i was actually going to look at him as an option for this week as a trade-in so i'm kind of glad he did it now and not next week uh which would have just been a sum up of my luck most of this season but yeah no he's done for a few weeks so you have to trade him out yep yep aaron astronaut norton i uh, got concussed pato yeah knocked himself out but um he'll only miss the one week unless it's a real bad one so you'd have to hold him if you brought him in. I know a lot were looking at him as a cheaper key forward option because he sits about that 80, 85. And when he kicks big bags of goals, he'll go up to sort of 100, 110 sort of scores. So 
bit unlucky if he did bring him in, but he's only the one week with the concussion, so he'll be back. Yep. Travis Spokes going in for scans on his hammy. Um, Five-day turnaround too, so I doubt he'll play this week, Pato. Uh, but are there any further concerns, you reckon, with Travis Boak? It's a concern because he's had multiple soft tissue injuries already this year. So if it's not a hamstring, it was a calf that he missed one week for, I think, around the bye, maybe just before the bye. Yep. yep. Uh, but look, it's just an old age thing. And it's a little bit unlucky if you have had him because he's pumped out some big scores, but also kind of just proves why you don't look at those guys at that price. At Sorry, not that price, but that age. Um, it's just too risky. A little bit like Shannon Hearn as well. No one's doubting their scoring capability. But if you've got them, you've just got to face that risk that, look, they probably will have soft tissue injuries at some point. Yep. Tex Walker, uh, something to do with his neck, Pato. Yeah, it looked a little bit nasty. I saw a replay of this. Um, got pushed into a, an oncoming defender's knee and really jolted back. It, it did not look nice at all. It wasn't like the, uh, the, the Brody Grundy one where it didn't look like much happened at all. His neck full tilted back, so he'll probably miss at least a week. And they'll monitor him. They won't risk him, though, um, at his age. And where they are sitting on the ladder, they're not going to risk him at all. Now, Pato, your burn man. Your burn man is on this list. What is going on there? So this is a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, Supercoach IQ on Twitter posted that Patrick Cripps has gone in for ankle scans and he could possibly be going in for surgery. Now, he hasn't backed up where his source is. But he's usually pretty reliable with this sort of stuff. And he usually doesn't roll with things unless he knows something. Correct. So we'll wait for what the club say later on in the week. But this could be them conceding that he's been dealing with an ankle injury for most of the year. And maybe finally just putting him under the sword for, yeah, to get right for next year. So this really hurts. He's in a really shit price as well. He's about 420K. So He's not even a sideways to a proper primo, um, but yeah. Yeah, nasty, nasty stuff. Um, Callum Coleman-Jones, Pato, you got subbed on the weekend. You're, and I'll, I'll shout out King Supercoach here because he's given you a little bit of shit as well as um, uh, another one of our listeners, James, because uh, you said CCJ is a VC option. Now, we can't predict injuries, guys. So I think Pato's call was actually valid, even though I questioned it, but... Anyway, Pato, what's happened with CCJ? Look, just before I go on to what happened with CJJ, CCJ, <laughs> in my defense, I did mention that if Mubby or Chol misses, Callum Coleman-Jones could be the sole ruck, or at least the first choice ruck. And coming up against a Gold Coast without Zach Joe, uh, Zach Joe, Zach Smith. So look, it wasn't the most outlandish of calls, but when he was on five at halftime, I was pretty, pretty down. But... I, I have a sneaky feeling that he ha- isn't actually injured. Oh. And then he was subbed off because he was having a shocker. Yeah, right. That's what I feel. Um, the club won't say that, obviously, because they'll get a, a big juicy fine uh, in the mail if that is found out to be true. But look, he'll probably miss a week anyway, even if he wasn't injured, because they're going to make it look like he was injured. I feel like it was a tactical thing. He wasn't having a shocker. And right at the second quarter, Siren. So right, right before half time, he gave away a free kick at the top of the square, and um, obviously Gold Coast kicked the goal, and that was probably the final fork in his coffin for the night. And the coaching staff probably just said, "Fuck this guy, we're subbing him out. Uh, we can't, we can't deal with that." So a uh, little four, bit of a loophole in the system there. 
fork in his coffin. <laughs> that's the way tonight's going to be, Dana. I've had a weekend of pretty heavy drinking. So yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, Bashahuli. Um, now, I hate saying this word because I got a list, guys, so I, I stutter on it. So I'm going to let Pato say this one. What's he yeah, done, he's, Pato? He's got the old syndesmosis. Which, hey. uh, <laughs> come right. It's, it's the, the, the hot hot word uh, last few years in the AFL. Yeah, it's, I just can't pronounce no it. No one knew what a syndesmosis was up until last year. Um, but look, he's had surgery and he's already had surgery, so he'll probably miss the rest of the regular season. Uh, he might come right for finals if we make it, but even that's not even looking likely at the moment, Dano. So we'll see what happens. Look, as a Richmond fan, I really hope that's not the last game we see Basher Hawley play. Um, absolute champion on and off the field. And say what you want about Richmond and the club and, and the supporters. Some of us are, are absolute fuckwits, but <laughs> Basher Hawley is just one of those guys that you cannot hate no matter how hard you try. So um, if that's it, thanks for a great career, Basher. You've been great in the yellow and black. Yep, fair. Last one on the injury list is Hugh McCluggage, aka the suitcase. Uh, so he's dislocated his finger. The fuck? How many dislocations is that of fingers now, Pato, for Brizzy? Well, Brisbane had two in that game alone. Um, Jerry yeah. Danaher also did a dislocated finger. Um, yeah, don't know what it is. Uh, must be something about the humidity up there, and they come down here and the fingers can't handle it. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I didn't. I, um, I'm making shit up there. I mean, yeah. I haven't already figured it out, but I'm no finger expert. But um, yeah, look, I only watched one game of footy, unfortunately, this weekend. I've been away from my best mate's birthday and went down to his place and drank a lot. But yeah, fan footy said he just cut his finger. So that would explain why Hugh McCluggage had a little bit less of a score. Um, I think it'll be fine, though. He'll probably play. Um, they'll strap him up and probably play with that sore finger for the rest of the year. Yep, fair. We'll go on to rookie trading options. There's fuck all, pretty much, guys. So first one's Jeremy Sharp, 141k mid, uh, minus 72 break even, 78 average. Fucking loved watching him, by the way. This dude has something about him, doesn't he, Pato? He just like fucking, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's, when watching that game, I, I actually liked, I, I was wanting him to kick his first goal. He ended up kicking his first goal. I'm sorry, Pato. Uh, but yeah, fuck, he was good. So what do you reckon on Jeremy Sharp? You're, we already was, talked him um, up before, so. Yeah, he can really play. I brought him in last week. Um, so I got that 79, uh, looped it onto my my field um, and used Tyler Brockman as my captain as well. So that was a really handy captain choice for me. But uh, yeah, look, Jeremy Sharp looks the goods. He has a really good role. So he's rotating through the midfield, but he's more of a half forward slash wing role. He's getting plenty of the footy, but what they really like about him, he's got Grant. He... Um, he doesn't back down to anyone, and I think that's um, locked him up for the rest of the year. He'll have plenty of games in that Gold Coast team, barring injury, touch wood. So even though he's a little bit more expensive than other rookies usually on the bubble, he's at 141K. Uh, with an average of 78, he's scored, a, uh, what, a 76 and a 79. So, yeah, bring him in if you're looking for a downgrade option. Even if you're not, I would try and find a way to bring him in. He's really good bench cover. Yep, yep. Uh, the next one's Leo Connolly from St Kilda, 123k defensive midfielder, 29 average. He did have that sub-affected score though, uh, but from all accounts from Richmond, is that well early on in the season they were saying that he was training the house down and he looks the goods. And I was just waiting for him to debut. So he's finally on the park. Um, he's one for those that need to downgrade a defensive rookie. Potentially, or 
and um, try and capitalize in defense, maybe. Um, what do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, he's not a Richmond rookie. He plays for St Kilda. Yeah, I did say St Kilda. No, you said Richmond. I thought I said St Kilda. No, no, you'll you'll be the one that hears it back. So it's fuck, <laughs> it's that kind of podcast, people. But you better not edit it out. That's all I'll say. Nah, I've I've left that many of your fuck ups in here. I'm not going to edit that one out. It's all good. good man. Good man. But yeah, now Leo Connor, look, he's not going to set the world on fire scoring wise. He's got more of a lockdown role in that in that back line, but he's playing games and that's more than can be said for, for Kieran Briggs and, and like those sort of guys. So if you've got a Thomas Highmore, even though it's a little bit early, he's got a break even of 34, but if you need to downgrade him to a defensive rookie, I'd be either looking at Leo Connolly as a player, but if you don't need that playing rookie on the bench, I'd be looking at a, at a 102K player and we're going to look at a few of those very soon but yeah Leo Connolly is your guy if you need just someone playing um as cover on on your defensive bench yeah and the last one that we've got here for rookie trading options so far that have actually played games is one that sounds disgusting to say but um look he's cheaper than his starting price and that is Finlay McRae so he's 112k mid slash forward disgusting 22 average he's got a 54 break even he's probably going to go further down in price pato he's going to end up like 108,000 or some shit um he keeps playing as a sub though yeah he's actually projected to go down 11k so he <laughs> might get to 100,000 but if look if he's sub again he might well get down to 100,000 if he gets on the park um but this is more just if he plays and if he's named on field so he plays on the sunday so we won't know until Saturday night whether he's playing or not. But no, Friday night. No, Friday, Friday night. night. It's that kind of podcast. <laughs> it is. But look, uh, if he plays, he's cheap. Um, and he's a mid-forward uh, swing. So I think that's pretty handy at this point of the season. Um, just yep. to move guys around. So yeah, that's why he's in here. Yep. We'll rattle off some names of zero gamers. So these guys haven't debuted yet for their clubs. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a few names here. So first one's Matty Parker at Richmond, not St. Kilda. He used to be at St. Kilda. 141K mid slash forward. Um, what happened on the weekend, Pato? He had 31 disposals and 11 tackles in the VFL and kicked zero goals three. So it's turned the ball over a little bit, but there's something missing in that Richmond team the last few weeks. We have looked bang on average. Yep. So I get the feeling that this is going to be the spark injected that we need. Um, I get a funny feeling that Maurice Rioli Jr. may debut as well, which I think would be a mistake. He had six Ooh. touches and a goal. Mind you, that goal, if you haven't seen it already, is a fucking belter. But at six touches and he had sort of four tackles, he's just not setting the world on fire. I have a feeling he might debut and it'll be a mistake, just like with Samson Ryan. Yep. But Matty Parker, he's ready to go. He's 27, 28, so he's, he's in his prime age-wise. And he brings that grunt that we really desperately need. So I get the feeling he's going to play this weekend. Yep, cool. We got Sam Durham, 102k defensive midfielder. He had a few fair few touches on the weekend. Not not setting the world on fire, but just enough. Yeah, and he was named as the AFL emergency. So that's just proof that he's he's not far off. And all it takes is one or two injuries, and he's right in the hunt of a debut for Essendon. So look, if you're not looking for a playing rookie and you just need to maximize your cash cow to the lowest possible price point. Sam Derham might not be too far from a debut, so he's one to look at. Yeah, and a few more of these were the 102K players as well. So I'm going to fuck this name up, but let's have give it a go. Um, we've got Jack Ginnivan, um, 102K mid-slash-forward. 
He had a bag of four goals on the weekend, Pato. Yeah, Pies Forward, who is another mid-forward swing. So he's another one that may debut, maybe even ahead of uh, Finlay McRae, who's uh, just got shocking luck, luck as a sub recently, but kicked four goals and had 15 touches. So they might need a spark up forward. I know Jamie Elliott had that blinder against Adelaide, but has done fuck all since. I don't think they'll drop Jamie Elliott, but they need something up forward that's not Mason Cox, who's probably never going to make it as an AFL player, except for that <laughs> one game that we won't talk about. But Richmond. Sorry. What are we talking about? But yeah, Jack Dinovan may may debut or may not be too far away. So you can feel pretty confident that if you bring him in, he may not be far away. Yep. James Peatling of the Giants, 102K defensive midfielder. He had 21 touches um, and a goal in the VFL in the Giants uh, win over the undefeated Casey, apparently. Shit. Did not realise that. Don't take much notice of the VFL ladder. Um, but, yeah, he's one to look at. I don't think he'll ever he'll play this year, though. If he does, he'll play one game max. But, again, one of those downgrade options. Sorry, Pato, I'm just going to fire off this last one as well. Welcome, Jacob mate. Edwards, 102K, ruck slash forward. Probably won't play, but in your ruck line with that defensive forward swing, 102K is a good downgrade to maximise cash potential. I'm trying to rattle this off because we're trying to stick to time. So, Primo trading options. Start us off in defence, Pato. Yeah, Luke Ryan, uh, 569K. We bang, about, bang on about this guy a lot, but he's in 8% of teams. He had 124 in round 16. He's got an average of 106 and a five-round average of 115. So, look, he's got plenty of runs on the board. We're really big on him here at the Supercoach Co-Captains, and even though he's a little bit more expensive, if you're looking for a defensive Primo, he's your man. Yep, love it. Christian Salem, the bloke that I said for people to jump on last week and someone in the Serious Super Coaches Facebook group, fuck, that was a mouthful, um, jumped on and thanked me for it. So he's 489K, 101 average, 110 three-round average, 117 five-round. I'm pretty sure that was meant to be, Pato, unless you're drunk. Um, or is that round 16 score? Sorry, there we go. Yeah. Fucking that kind of podcast today, people. <laughs> um not much ownership of him, though, but fuck, I, I just reckon that he's going to explode from here on. Yeah, they love the ball in his hands. Uh, really, really good disposal. And in just 4% of teams. So I think this is a really high high value pick um, at his price point. Yeah, he's under 500K, people. Um, but the next one, which I'll let you talk about, Pato, because you're going you're gonna to love this bloke over the next few weeks. Yeah, so I've had him since the start, and... He's not, he's not a huge POD. He's in 36% of teams, but Jaden Short at 477,000. Um, not setting the world on fire. He's been good enough. He's had some good games. He's averaging 95. Three-round average of 92 as well as a five-round average of 92. So that's not the appeal. But the appeal is Basher Hawley missing the season. Now, if there's one person that benefits greatly from Basher Hawley missing time is Jaden Short. So this year without Basher Hawley, Jaden Short is averaging 103, which isn't too much more than his average, but that eight can look really good over your overall sort of over the next seven weeks, eight weeks, however long we've got left. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, but last year without Basher Hawley as well, who came in and out of that team a couple of times with injury, he averaged 102 without him. And that's before anyone even had Jaden Short as a super coach option. So at 477,000, I think it's a really good option if you don't have him. Um, he'll shoot up in price pretty quickly. Now, I think the guy that will replace Basher Hall is Ryan Mansell, who isn't a rebounding defender. He's more of a lockdown type. So 
Jaden Short should go back to having sort of 80, 90% of the kick-ins. And the way that we're playing, there might be plenty of kick-ins because we are terrible at the moment and we've got three or four first-choice defenders out of the team. So I don't think it's going to get much better, I'm sorry to say, fellow Richmond fans. But with the defence at the way it is at the moment, I feel like we'll continue leaking points. Um, hopefully points and not goals, so Jaden Short can get plenty of super coach points down there. Yep, fair enough. Zach Williams, another option at 457K, 98 three-round average, 105 round average. No Doherty in the side. I think he got the firecracker lit up his ass um, by the, the media pretty much when he came out and had his best game, I reckon, I've ever seen him play for the Blues so far. So um, before he got suspended, of course. <laughs> um, but he's back now. And I reckon he's a value pick. What do you reckon, Pato? Yep, I really like him. Uh, another one that I started, so I've ridden the wave with him, including the laid out that he had uh, to general soreness. But yeah, he responded really well after that media witch hunt that week. Had his week off. Now, I think he's going to explode for the rest of the year, and not just because of the media crackdown on him, but because of no Sam Doherty in the team. And he's going to miss the whole season, most likely. Maybe play the last one or two games, but I don't see the point in that. So Zach Williams, I think someone that's going to really benefit from this as well as the next guy we're going to talk about. And the next guy we're talking about is Nick Newman at 428K, 87 average, 89 three-round average. Now, what's he like without Doherty in the team, Pato? So uh, the one game that he's played without Doherty in the team this year, he scored 106 on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. But in 2019, when uh, Doherty had that second ACL, so that was the year that they recruited Newman, which was essentially to cover uh, Sam Doherty in that halfback line. He averaged 97, which coming off his, I think it was his third season at AFL level, um, is a pretty good average. And I know he was actually in some teams in that super coach year because he was pretty cheap at the start. But yeah, he was. Um, look, I think he can better that this year after a couple more years in the system in, in AFL world. I think he can push that to 100 to 105 for the rest of the year. And if you can get him in at 428,000, I think that's a really good buy. Yep. And the last defender that we got here is Nicholas Haynes. 424K, 93, three-round average. Now, unfortunately, Jack Buckley went down on the weekend. He's season-ending. That's an ACL he's done. But Sammy Taylor's due to come back, so it's pretty much going to be Sammy Taylor in for Jack Buckley anyway. What will that do with the Giants, Paddo? Oh, it's just going to make sure Nick Haynes plays that loose role rather than having to lock down. So um, I think he's still a great buy of 424,000. Yep, yep. Um, I'm just trying to figure out whether or not the Giants play Taylor in the VFL just to get him a game first or whether they chuck him straight back in. I'm still trying to work that out because they did it with Hogan and Cornelio on the weekend. So the thing is, the thing is, Dano Hogan and Cornelio both play in positions where there are guys doing just as good um, as they might if they were to come in. But I feel like with Buckley going down, they're going to need to fast track him in straight into the team. Well, um, they could all. You're our resident that, giant expert, though. It won't surprise me if they bring Riccardi back, do a dumb fuck move, and play Riccardi in defense again, rather than play Riccardi up forward and maybe be Jeremy Finlayson in defense where he started his career. So it will not surprise me if the Giants do something stupid like that. Riccardi needs to be up forward, but they'll probably put him in defense. Sam Taylor will miss a week and they'll fuck themselves up. Anyway, that's just me ranting. Um, But I still like Nick Haynes regardless because whoever goes into defense will be a tall and they'll be a lockdown player rather than a loose playoff loose like Nick Haynes does. So it should still benefit Nick. Anyway, midfielders. 
We've got fuck all midfielders on offer here, Pato, because we're assuming that everyone's completed their midfield. Unlike me, the only spot in my team I have is actually a mid spot. So do you want to kick us off with the first guy? Yeah, guy we've mentioned a few times now. That's Christian Petrarca. So he's got a 106 average, which isn't massive, but he's got 110 five-round average, which I think at 542K, you'll take 110 from here on out. Um, That's a really good average for that price point. And he had 123 on the weekend. Now, the thing is, teams are starting to lock a lot more down on Kyle and Oliver. So he had 87 on the weekend, and I didn't catch the game, but I'm just going to assume he had less than 30 touches, I think. So I'm assuming that he would have had a bit of attention from someone at the Giants. Could be wrong, Dano. Um, even with no Matty DeBoer playing? Oh, no, they just play up. Traditional playoff. Yeah. Yeah. He just had an off game. Yeah, but I think uh, Petrarca could finish off really strong um, for Melbourne. So could even if you don't have Clayton Oliver, I reckon it could be a nice cheeky little POD move to go with Petrarca instead. Um, yeah, Melbourne play a couple of teams that do like to tag. So they've got Hawthorne in round 18. So he'll probably get a tag in that game. Um, may get head-to-head with Libra in round 20 against the Dogs. Um, by round 21, Mark Hutchings could be back for West Coast. I know he's done really well at uh, Waffle level. Um, and Geelong in round 23. So he may cope Ronan O'Connor. So not Ronan O'Connor. Fuck. Mark O'Connor. <laughs> yeah. We, we got what you of Dano, But yeah, Fuck, the point yeah. is, I think... Um, Petrarca has a chance to average more than Oliver for the rest of the year. So I, I like him at that price. Yeah. yeah. Next guy we've got is Elliot Yo, the bloke that I've been waiting to get better and better each week. He's a 446K. He's got an 87 three-round average, but who gives a fuck about that? 107 he scored in round 16 in a huge fucking loss. And he's under 1% ownership. I think whatever it is, Pato, you can tell me. Is he fucking back, son? Yeah, so he's in just 772 teams. So that's 0%, but. according to uh, <laughs> to Supercoach. Now, here's an even – if anyone didn't need another kicker, he's got North Melbourne this weekend, and the following weekend he's got Adelaide. So I'm, – I'm highly – I'm I'm looking at him for my last mid spot so that I can have – fuck, like, I'll, I'll be laughing. But yeah, – I like it. I like it, Dano. If, um, yeah. if I was looking at the computer, I would really like – uh, Elliot Yo, get 107 on the weekend, and they got absolutely pantsed by Sydney. So, look, imagine what he's going to do against North. I reckon he could go 120, 130, um, and this could be the start of a really good last eight weeks or so, seven weeks. Yep, yep. And the next one, the only other mid that we've got here is Matty Rowell. Now, just bear with us. He's 399K. He's got a 75 break even. We won't even look at his three-round average or anything like that. He's finally starting in the midfield paddock, and that's where he does. He's he's not a forward. Playing him up forward in the previous weeks was just to get his body back to AFL level, but he's finally in the middle. He's finally getting those games in. Do you reckon that he could pop this week? I reckon he could, Dano, and this is why. So he's slowly built towards this, and he's had that magical month back. Um, So he's had his four weeks back. Had 83 on the weekend, but it's the same point that Patrick Dangerfield started to pop. Who else started to pop after four weeks, Dano? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Hall, he popped after yep. four weeks. Um, Lockie Whitfield popped after four weeks. I feel like that's the point where uh, Elliot Yo, I feel like, is about to pop um, one month of AFL footy. So, look, 
if the Giants don't play Matty DeBoer, um, I really like it this weekend. Now he's got it's a pretty tough matchup. He would be coming up against Tommy Green or um, Josh Kelly or someone like that. But Matty Rail's a gun, and I feel like this could be at the start of something really big. Um, yep. I hope not. So today is pretty cheap for next year, but. At sub 400,000, um, only by 100, mind you, but sub 400,000, um, I really like it. And look, worst case scenario, he averages 90 and at under 400,000, you haven't done too bad out of that. Yeah. Again, another one of those that you can look at that fucking last midfield spot, but most people have got their midfields covered, so we'll ignore that. Um, forward line. Tell you Patrick, what, though, Dana, oh, yep. before we move on, if you're someone else unlucky enough to have Paddy Cripps and it's announced that he's going in for surgery, you'll pocket 30000 from that um, and you'll be able to use the change elsewhere. So could be the bargain midfielder that you need who will probably maybe average more than Patrick Cripps at 86 has for the rest of the season. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, forward line. The biggest must-have that you've said, Pato, that everyone should start bringing in, Go. Yeah, I said it last week, you got to bring him in. But if you need more evidence, he showed it on Friday night. Patrick Dangerfield, 533,000. His average is up to 102. And that's because he had 184 in round 16. Um, he's pumped his three-round average up to 125 with that as well. Break even at 32. So, look, if you don't jump on him now, you'll be get, trying to scramble cash together to get him at 600,000. Just like most of us missed Zorko at that same thing where – you, you think, oh, yeah, we'll get him in, we'll get him in, we'll get him in. And all of a sudden, he's over 600,000 and it's just too late. So yeah. it's this week or never for Patrick Dangerfield. Um, and he's coming up against the depleted Carlton midfield this weekend. So he, I won't say he's going to go 184 again, but he could go 140 plus again this weekend. And, um, yeah, has a pretty good record against Carlton too. So, mm. yeah, if, if you didn't bring him in last week, this is the week. Yep, yep. Um, moving on, Jakey Stringer. 472k now. Holy moly. 86 average. But what is his three round average and what is his percentage of ownership, Pato? So his three round average is 125. <laughs> and he's in just 3% of teams, Dano. So look, it's super risky. It's high risk, high reward, but could easily fuck up as well. So I remember first talking about this guy. Um, he was under 300,000. Um, yeah, so his first two games of the year, he's had 124 and 86 in his first two. And he was at 282,000 then, Dano. Um, if you brought him in, you would have seen a score of 27, 22, 44 and probably jumped off him. But he's got a really good role at the moment. But it's a little bit risky in the sense that we don't know when Dylan Shield's going to come back, but we know he's very close. I feel like Jake String is probably the one that will move forward to allow Dylan Shield to come in and play midfield. But look, I can't could be wrong. Um, and I think he's a really good option if people think that he is going to stay in that midfield. Yep, fair. Anyway, Zach Bailey is one that I like from the Brisbane Lions. 499K, 88 average, 112 three-round average, 102 five-round average. He's in fuck-all ownership, playing a sexy role, Pato. What do you think? Yeah, we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, as a bit of a fun pick because um, he's really good to watch. But he's going at 102 over his last five and 112 over his last three, as you said. So I really like it. He had 124 on the weekend, playing that high half forward role. And his next few look pretty good. So he's got the St. Kilda. He's got Richmond. He's got Hawthorne. He's got Gold Coast. He's got Freo. He's got Collingwood. And he's got West Coast. So, look, they could all be bottom 10 teams, Dano. So... 
he mm. could go bang for the rest of the year and he's still under 500,000. So, yep, yep. It's not bad for you. Don't mind it. Anyway, big Charlie Dixon up next, 543K, 94 average, 115 three-round average, 119 five-round average. Fucking huge unit with a beard of envy. Uh, pretty good run home too, Pato. He does have quite a good run home. So he's got a tricky one this weekend against the Demons. So he'll probably cop Stephen May maybe and play more of a lockdown role. So look out for that, any Stephen May owners. Yep, yep, fair, fair. He had a 76 against him last year. But after that, he's got the Saints, the Pies, the Giants, the Crows, the Blues, and he ends on the Doggies, even though they do sometimes struggle against those big forwards. So, look, after this Melbourne game, he could go bang for the last six weeks of the season. So, yeah, it's not a bad option, I don't think. I finally conceded that he may be an option for people. Fair. Anyway, this bloke here, Pato refuses to put his name on the run sheet, people. He hates this bloke with a passion, but he's a viable option now. So he's 407K, 103 round average, 88 five round average, 114 and 115. His last two played playing midfield. All he's listed him down as is Collingwood forward, but I think we know who it is. And Pato, do you want me to say the name or not? No, I don't say the name. Fuck that guy. But I'll say his name anyway. It was Jordan DeGalli. Shut the fuck up. So he's not, he's in for 6% of teams now. It's actually a little bit scary. We had a little uh, chat before we started recording community, and I said that I'm, I'm afraid of actually admitting that this guy might be a super attractive option um, as a trade-in. I just – I'm looking for one more forward in my team personally, and I can't help but think that this guy might be the guy, and I, I yeah. hope I'm wrong. Um, I may wait for the next guy. Um, that we're going to talk about. So we'll, we'll see who that is in a second, but I, I, I think is an option community. Um, I don't like to admit that, but yeah, really good role. He's playing midfield. He's pushing forward. Um, yeah. 407,000. There's a lot to like from a super coach perspective, but there's also a lot to not like him as a person. So yeah, but we're here about super coach and not as a person, mate. I know, mate, but we're still people and we still don't like the people this year. So, yep. yep. Yep, fair enough. Anyway, I'll move on to the next one, which is who you were referring to, which is Bam Bam Matt Kennedy of the Carlton Blues. He's 418K, 69 average, but 100 in, a non-sub, in his non-sub affected scores. He's playing in the midfield. With Cripps potentially going under the knife, let's say he does, what do you think that means for Matt Kennedy? I think I think it makes him even more attractive than he already is, Dano. So he played in round four and five, and he also was playing in round six. All three of those weeks, he was a sub. So he had 16, 26, and a zero. He didn't get on the park in round six. Then went back to the VFL. They finally thought, shit, we better get some games into this guy. And then he went back to the VFL and absolutely fucking killed it, playing as a midfielder. Funnily enough, when you play guys in their position, they <laughs> kill it. Don't they, Ben Rutten? Don't they? So um, I think, same even with Paddy Dow, they're finally realising that when you play these guys in their preferred position and the position they've played their whole fucking life, they do pretty well. So round 14 is when Matty Kennedy came back, scored 115 against the Giants. Strangely enough, went 70 against Adelaide, which was a little bit of a strange one. Um I think maybe he even tagged Rory Laird yeah, for a half in that he, game. I could be wrong. No, nah, he does generally play some run with rolls too because his, yeah, tank, so, his tank is insane. 
Yeah, so I reckon Laird had about 25 touches to half time in that game against the Blues. Um, and then he uh, Kennedy ran with Laird. So maybe that's a little bit of a concern if you were to get him. Um, but then he had 116 against Frio. So look, the roles there, we've had three weeks of that role. His break even is a 59. So maybe you could afford to wait one more week, see what he does against the Cats this weekend. Um, and maybe look to bring him in at about 450k next week if you are unsure on him. Um, but have a look at him. He passes the eye test. He's playing midfield. And after that Cats game, he's got Collingwood, North Melbourne, St Kilda, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, and the Giants. So he's got a pretty decent run home. Mm. And as as you said, Dano, if, if Cripps does go onto the knife, he's not moving out of that midfield. Um, and that midfield will be their younger midfielders in Kennedy, Dow, and Walsh. So, um. Yeah, I think he's a really good option. It's risky, but I like it. Yeah, well, speaking of the cats, though, um, we've got Tom Hawkins at 460K, 92 average, 108 in round 16, 7% ownership. He's got a fairly good run home. Now, I was big on bringing in Hawkins in the season when Jeremy Cameron played in the side because I thought he will average a lot with him in the side. So he's averaged a fair bit, but as soon as Jeremy Cameron went down, in that last game, in the last round, he had bagged six goals without him in the team. So my thoughts are he might actually play better now without Jezza in the team, but with Dangerfield in the team. What do you reckon, Pato? Look, I think he'll score well regardless. He may kick some more goals without Jezza in the team, taking taking those goals off him. Yep. But conversely, if he's coming up against someone like Richmond, I feel like they'll just put three defenders on him, um, rotating across and... Do they have that second option? I don't think they do, Dano. Um, I'm hoping they don't make Dangerfield as that pseudo second key forward option. Hopefully they just go with someone like Gary Rowan or or I don't even know who they'll bring in for Jezza. Um, who cares? But I do really <laughs> like Tomahawk. Um, I think he'll have a pretty good run home and I like it at sub 500. Yep, fair. We're going to rattle off some more of these names to stick to schedule. So we've got Rowan Marshall, 437K, 84 average, 100 in round 16. But a 50-50 split in Ruck, what do you reckon about him, Pato? Yeah, look, he's had two weeks back now and he's, and he's looking to split pretty much 50-50 time with Paddy Ryder. So I think that makes Rowan Marshall a pretty good option. The only thing you've got to be still be concerned about is that foot. Now, they finally sent him in for surgery when um, the, the third time he did that foot. So can you trust that the surgery has properly fixed that foot? Um, I think it was a stress fracture that kept popping up. So... As someone that personally had a stress fracture issue a couple of years ago, um, it can come back. Now, I didn't have surgery on it. I just did the whole moon boot thing and it never felt right. I redid it playing basketball again. Um, I was out another sort of eight weeks in a moon boot. So super frustrating when you do it because even when you're walking, it doesn't feel right. So at someone of his height, um, I'm not short, but Rowan Marshall's got me covered pretty comfortably. Um, but 437k, I like it. Um, I think it's a good price point. And I think if St Kilda get to a stage where they can't make finals again, they may look to play Paddy Ryder more forward at his age. So a little bit risky with that recurring foot, but I yep. do like Rowan Marshall. Cool. Okay, we'll keep pushing through them. Zach Butters, 501k, 143 break even, 103 average, 105 three-round average before injury. Due back this week. He already played last week, did he? Or did he play this week? What the fuck happened? I don't know. Fucking take it away, Pato. No, nah, Butters hasn't played um, for a while now. Um, but he's due back this weekend. Now, whether he comes back through the Sanford or whether he comes straight into AFL, we'll see. 
Um, I didn't like him at the start. A lot of people did like him, and he rattled off a 98, a 163, a 55, and a 96 for an average of 103, as you said. So, look, I think he's a little bit overrated, this guy. They compare him to Gary Ablett Jr. That's how much they rate him, um, which I think is a little bit floggy from as a club. Um, so pretty easy to hate Port Adelaide, to yep. be honest. But, um, look, I think you can afford to wait a week and see what he like looks like this weekend with a break even of 143. But if he looks good, I think you bring him in for a pretty juicy run home. Yep, cool. Let's keep rattling these off. Buddy Franklin's another option, 449K, 89 average, 97 three-round average, 95 five-round average. Good run home, but he's fucking old. So anyway, Pato, what do you reckon? Look, his last two games, which are Supercoach finals, Dano, are North Melbourne and Gold Coast. This guy's on a race to two, two, uh, sorry, t- uh, 1,000 goals. And I think he's going to push for it this year. And the Swans are in the eight. So he's not going to rest. He's not going to miss games. Um, they're going to be pu- pushing towards forward uh, forward finals. So he's in just 2% of teams and he's got a break even of 20. So he'll be over 500,000 in no time. I do like Buddy Franklin as a POD. Yep, fair enough. Tom Lynch, as in the fucking Richmond one, uh, 346K, 68 average. <laughs> 93 three-round average, though. Yay. 126 round 16 score. Uh, what do you reckon, Pato? Lynch looked really good on Friday night. Uh, Thursday night, sorry. Um, was really the only one that turned up for Richmond, to be completely honest. So if he can do that in a pretty dismal effort, imagine what he can do against someone like Collingwood. Um, and I mean, Gold Coast are pretty fucked anyway, and they still beat us. So um, <laughs> I, I like Tom Lynch. It's very risky. Um, and that knee looks really good, though. So... Really cheap, but if you're strapped for cash, I do like Tommy Lynch. And this next one is disgusting to even mention, but apparently he's playing good. Mason Wood at 356K, 71 average, 103 round average, 103 average without sub or injury affected scores. Pato, what do you think? Yeah, look, this guy was delisted from North Melbourne, so that should tell you all you need to know. But there's a there's a small community on Twitter that are really all over this guy. So I thought we'll chuck him in the run sheet and we'll have a little chat about him, but 356,000. So he's super cheap, but he's a key forward and that's where it's concerning. And he plays for the Saints. So it's not even like he plays for a good team. The other thing is that 103 average. So all of his good scores have come against North Melbourne, Adelaide, Richmond and Collingwood. So take that with a grain of salt, really. Um, I, yeah, I'd like to see him do it against a team that can play footy. Yep, yep. Um, and yeah, we'll see. But he's he's cheap. That's that's the appeal. Yep. And you talk about the last guy because it's disgusting even mentioning his name. Yeah, a little bit weird to put him in the premium category and not the cash cow category. So I Correct. brought this guy in at sub two hundred thousand as a cash cow, and I may have nailed someone that could turn into a cheeky sort of ninety ninety five average. So we'll talk about him, Paddy Dow. 291,000, negative one break even. He's got an average of 56, which we'll ignore for the sake of my spiel, but three-round average of 78 in a midfield role. Now, that's with Patrick Cripps. Now, Paddy Dow does a lot of what Paddy Cripps does in terms of a contested game. And with Paddy Cripps, if he does go under the knife, he's super cheap. So under 300,000, which is just insane. For a guy that will play midfield, I really like it. And obviously wait for teams on Thursday. If or wait for Carlton to say something about Paddy Cripps. And if, if he's gone under the knife and he'll miss the rest of the season with ankle surgery, 
Paddy Dow is really attractive and he's a mid forward as well. So look, even if it doesn't go right, if he goes back to playing a wing or a fucking forward pocket or somewhere, something stupid that David Teague would do, um, you can easy, easily just swing him out onto your bench and have him as cover. But I, I think he's a, a, a keeper option, Dano. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it looks like he might be a keeper for me now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just a disgusting pick for me. But anyway, you if you get it right, you're a fucking legend. But I just can't. Yeah, I just can't see it happening. Anyway, we've got question time. Pato. So we've got a few questions here this week. Um, so we'll start off with James's. So he's got a few. So the first question that he's got is what do, should he do? Should he save trades or should he risk everything and try and just keep trading and then not have any trades left? Look, I think it all depends on what he's looking for out of Supercoach. So if he's going for rank, I say, fuck it. You get the same thing uh, finishing 11th as you do finishing 11,000th. So I think if you're going for rank, just fucking throw fire to the wind. Um, I know that's what our our good friend King Supercoach is doing. I um, mean, he's up into the top 50 now, which a huge congratulations to him. Your fucking um, shout out right there. Huge shout yeah, out. Yeah, well, We'll address that a little bit more very soon when we address yep. his questions. But yep. look, if you're, if you're looking at leagues, um, head-to-head leagues, I think you save your trades and keep them for finals. So if you don't like Buddy Franklin now, he's someone that you can definitely look at before that first Supercoach final. And pretty sure no one in your leagues will have Buddy Franklin and he's playing North and Gold Coast. So he could go fucking bang in those games and could average 150 in those two games alone. So... That's why you hold your trades if you're looking for league. But if you're going for ranking, just fucking go for it. Why not? Yep. Okay. Fair enough. He goes, what happened to Callum Coleman-Jones being VC-worthy? Yeah. Look, we uh, we addressed that before, Dano. Um, <laughs> maybe your child played, um, scored 95. And it's all good, man. It's all good. Callum Coleman-Jones looked absolutely <laughs> lost playing that third full, tall forward role um, and got subbed for giving away a free kick. So, yeah. Yep. Luckily, yeah. I went with Patrick Dangerfield and won the captain's challenge. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> he said, is Neil a trap? Yeah, interesting one. He's dealt with three different injuries now this year, which if it was anyone but Lockie Neil, so if that was Paddy Cripps dealing with, well, he has pretty much dealt with three different injuries this year, you would say, yep, he's a trap. Fuck this guy, like blah, blah, blah. He's always injured. Same with someone like Josh Kelly. If he had three different injuries this year, Dano would all be saying, oh, ultimate burn man. Like he always gets injured, blah, blah, blah. But when it's someone like Lockie Neal, we have to ask this question, don't we? Because he's been so durable over his career, but he's approaching 30, I believe. So it's not super surprising that he has started with his soft tissue injuries. And look, it's only a calf. He only picked it up at training, I believe. But could this be a snowball effect? It could be. So, look, if, in terms of a trap, if you've already brought him in like you did, Dano, um, I think it's too late. You've just got to sort of hold it and, and roll with it. If you're looking at bringing him in, I think there's probably better options and you may look at him as a trap. So, 575000 I think there's better options if you are looking at him as a trade-in option. Yeah. Um, pointing out, I had um, seven trades left. And last around when I heard that Neil didn't get on the plane, I was like, fuck it. I want my rank to still be good. So I offloaded Neil for Sam Walsh. Yeah, you did well out of that one. Because I Look, apparently I'm the only I was the only person with more than freaking four trades. So I consulted <laughs> the man King Supercoach on it. And he's like, Oh man, if you've got seven trades, just use one of them. I'm like, Yeah, fuck yeah, why not? Anyway, speaking of King yeah, Supercoach. So, well, in, saying, 
Sorry, right. but in saying that, Lockie Neal could pop out 140 this week, but he could also miss the following week with more calf soreness yeah. or a hamstring soreness or something like that. I think, so, yeah, you got to avoid him now. I think you, you could go absolutely massive though, but you can't really take the chance if you're low on trades too. Um, anyway, we'll go to King Supercoach's questions. He's got a fair few here. So he's got a X versus Y versus Z question. So he's wanting to know Marshall versus Hawkins versus waiting a week and grabbing Zach Butters, which means that he fields Waitman this week. What do you reckon, Pato? What should he go for? Look, Marshall has Brisbane this week, uh, which isn't a horrible matchup in terms of Ruckman. He's a little bit awkward up forward, though. So he may not get the goals, but I feel like he may score well. Um, Remember? Yeah, we've got to think the rest of the season because... uh, Old mate, King Supercoach, doesn't have many trades left. Yeah, so after that, he's got Port Adelaide West Coast, which are a little bit tricky for Rucks. So Port Adelaide's probably okay, but Nick Nat, you don't like that at all. Um, then he's got Carlton, Sydney, and Geelong, which is really good matchup for Ruckman, all three of those teams. And then you've got Freo in that final game, so Sean Darcy, who is actually not far behind the, uh, the R1, R2 combo of Grundy and Gorn. So... He's put himself up right under that that uh, tier of elite ruckman. So Marshall is a little bit risky as well as the foot. So I th- I feel like the safe option would probably be Hawkins. The only issue with Hawkins would be his age. Now, not only his age of possibly having a, a hammy or, or whatever, he's also sometimes a little bit of a loose cannon and he is prone to doing really dumb shit. And he hasn't done anything dumb this year yet, Dano. Yeah, and usually it's a sling tackle, or it's an elbow, or it's a it's a gut punch, or it's something like that. And it's probably due for something like that to happen very soon. So, and if you don't have that forward bench cover, I think that's a little bit risky. Um, and I, Butters, I feel like is a little bit overrated, and he could well come into the team and play Robbie Gray's role up forward, which will probably kill his super coach scoring potential as well. So, I think there's risks in all three of those guys. I reckon yep. you could go even riskier and look at someone like Matt Kennedy. Um, nah, 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 coach, nah. Or someone like that. Nah, would not touch them with a 10-foot pole. Like, he, he's in a prime position here to try and take on the top 10 from here on yep. in. I, I think he's got to try and maximise. Like, I don't even know if he's got Dangerfield or whatnot. He might even be better off just holding Waitman. Because Waitman scored, what, 115 or something on the weekend? Yeah, no, like, he's he going to go up it. in price. Yeah, he will. Um, yeah, look, if he doesn't have Dangerfield, I think he's absolutely the guy to get. Um, if he doesn't, the guy I don't want to mention could be the, the pick for him as well. And I have a feeling that he doesn't want to pick him either because he's in the same boat. And we, yeah, he calls him Kmart Dusty. No, Wish Dusty. So yeah, sometimes you got to swallow your pride. Um, I'm think if it gives you any solace, King Supercoach, I'm thinking of doing the same thing and bringing him in. Um, and maybe we'll just put sort of blue tack over my team every time I look at it on my laptop or something, um, just so I don't have to look at him in my team. I'll look at his score happily, but do not like the fact – I don't like the thought of bringing him into my team, but I might be forced to. We're more so leaning towards out of his options, though, Hawkins, aren't we? I think, yeah, Hawkins is the one for me I would choose. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Anyway, he's also got um, some options as well. So he said – you're getting some cold feet on Travis Boak. 
because um, he's gone in for scans and he's wondering if it's worth trading him if he's a laid out or not named. The key detail is it would take him down to one injury trade. So if he does it, some options for Bokey and Highmore, because he'd look at off, offloading Highmore as well, would include Hawkins and Taranto, Marshall and Petrarca, Hall and Yo. So either Hawkins and Taranto or Marshall and Petrarca or Hall and Yo. Which one would you suggest you go for if, unless you say hold Travis Boke? Look, I'm going to assume on those options that he already has Dangerfield, Dano, um, because yeah. Hall is more expensive than Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if he's going to make that trade, I like it, even if it takes him down to one injury trade. And if I'm going to choose one of those three trades, I'm choosing Hall and Yo. Yeah, right. Nice. I think the I yo-yo think gonna... the yo-yo can come back up. Yep, and I think it's Boom. it's a little bit pod ish. Um, yeah, shut up, mate. Um, <laughs> still just in fifteen percent of teams. So yep. he's still almost just out of that POD category. Um, and I really like Aaron Hall. And yeah, Elliot Yo, I think, is probably going to explode for the rest of the year. So I'm, uh, that's the one I, got, I would go with. I'm getting this vibe on Yo as well, man. And remember whenever I get this vibe, good shit happens. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly tempted to bring Yo in myself as my last mid spot and just ride the wave for the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah, exactly um, so, the same as yeah. uh, Pendlebury off his bye. Um, I had that same sort of feeling and thought, fuck it, let's ride it. And he's been pretty good for me. Um, he's up over 500,000 uh, 500, now as well. Yeah, so, so I don't mind it. Don't yeah. mind the – so you'd say Hall and Yo. I don't mind Hawkins Taranto either, but if you yeah, – like you said, if you really want the PODness, you'd go Hall and Yo. Yeah. Yeah, Hall's got the really attractive uh, role. Hawkins is a key forward. As No matter how much he's averaged 100 over the last few years, he's still a key forward. So um, I think it's still a, a really risky pick, even as a key forward. Um, Aaron Hall has shown more than enough now that he's going to be a legit primo. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Elliot Yo has shown history of averaging over 105. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the trade that I would do if I'm looking at those three trades. Now... We are not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options to help further your team. And I do give good VCC options. The only thing is with my own team, I fucking, I'm okay, but I'm not as good as Pato at the moment. So, but we still give good options. Anyway, I actually have the round 17 fixture in front of me now, Pato, because it's finally come out tonight. Yes, it's uh, still not updated on Supercoach, but... I've got it in front of me. So Thursday, July 8th is Port Adelaide versus Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. So we'll start off with that one. So who have you got in this one, Pato? I like Petrarca as a VC if you've got him. Yep, yep. Um, not a, not a uh, big on Ollie Wines. I do like Ollie Wines, um, but feel like he may be matched up against a Clayton Oliver. So they, I feel like they might cancel each other out a little bit. Um. And sorry, just for reference community, uh, Max Gorn attended 35 bounces um, or ball-ups, ruck contests, I should say. No, um, yeah. no, just ruck contests around oh, the yeah. ground on the okay. weekend. And Luke Jackson attended 34. So 
I would avoid putting the VC or C on Maxi Gorn until you've at least seen a little bit more form. Now, it kind of sucks. His average is probably going to plummet a little bit. Um, He's still a great ruckman. I think he's still going to probably average over 100 from this point. But, um, yeah, just with those numbers going down, they're probably nursing him in a little bit just to make sure he's right for finals and give Luke Jackson a little bit more experience. So just be wary of that community. You're right. Um, Yeah, you don't like Clayton Oliver in this one? No, I think it's a little bit awkward. Um, Salem, I don't mind if you've got him as a bit of a PID VC. That's who I was thinking Um, of too. Yeah. yeah. With a VC, VC, you can't afford to take that sort of risk. Yep, true. Uh, I'd say a big no-no to Charlie Dixon in this one because he, yeah. He's up against that Melbourne Lever May defense. It's he's he's not going to play well. That's just what I reckon. Um, now we've got Friday, July nine is Essendon versus Adelaide at Marvel Stadium, Paddo. So I reckon Sorry, this one's mate. probably going to be the VC game, in my opinion. If you got Parish or Merritt. Yeah, yeah. If you've got either of those guys, absolutely chuck the VC on them with absolute confidence. Um, yeah, they, they both do pretty well, I think. Um, I really like Rory, Rory Laird as well. If anyone yep. that might have him, I think he may go big. Um, Essendon, I say it every week, don't tend to tag. So he will probably have a pretty big game and get the pill at will. The pill at will. Fucking look at you go with the slogans. Love it. Good shit. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't disagree with you. I reckon that's pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, Saturday, July 10. So the first one on Saturday is Hawthorne versus Fremantle at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Paddo. So Hawthorne in Tassie. So someone that has a really good record down in Tassie is Tom Mitchell. There we go. Average is 117 at that venue, Dano, in 11 games. Good, good. But stats. in saying that, he'll probably get tagged <laughs> by Caleb Sarong. Yeah, right. So I don't like Tom Mitchell as an option. So he had 107 against them earlier this year over at Optus. I think that's probably less this weekend, sadly, um, as a Tom Mitchell owner. Now, in, he, in saying that, oh, yeah. I don't know if I like anyone else. Maybe a Nat Fife as a bit of a left field one. That's who I was up. about to say. If you've still got Fife, he's worked his way back. I reckon Fife is life could be a very good VC option in this Saturday game or Andy Brayshaw. But then you can't go past our favourite, Paddo. Lukey Ryan. You can't fucking go past Lukey Ryan either. Like no, He's killing it. Yeah. So we got plethora of options in that one. You like that word, plethora? I do. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Anyway, we'll move on to the next game. Carlton versus Geelong at the MCG on the Saturday. Blockbuster game. Blockbuster. There's nothing blockbuster about this game. <laughs> I snorted. the floor with Carlton. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but Dangerfield is the one for me. Um, I, th- I feel like he'll go nuts again against the Blues um, and absolutely destroy them. You're putting him as your VC auto lock, yeah? I probably will, yes. I'll confirm with you Thursday night or Friday night or whenever I decide to to lock that in. Yeah, I don't... I don't. Um, even though Weedering's playing, I don't mind Tom Hawkins either. 
yeah, I left that one for you. Um, I like Hawkins as well if you've got him. Yeah. In terms of Carlton, um, so you can't go past Sam Walsh just with his gut running and whatnot. I think he could get 120 or between 120 to 140. Might get 130. I don't know. But, yeah, I think he's your safety. Like we always say every week with him, he's your safety unless they tag. Now, do you think O'Connor tags him? No, nah, they haven't tagged for the last couple of weeks. I think he's probably playing defense for the rest of the year, unless there's a really obvious matchup for him that of someone that's just absolutely destroying them. So now that Dangerfield's back, um, the guff has been even moved out of that midfield a little bit and doing real shit. So yeah, I the guff is gone. Moved, yeah. So if someone's moving back into that midfield role, it'd be the guff before O'Connor. Yep. Fair enough. Um, anyone else from Carlton or Geelong? Maybe well, Tommy Zach Stewart might have a good one um, without Doherty in the team. So we haven't seen him play this year yet without Doherty. Yep. Tom so Stewart. He could go big, but I'm not sure it's worth a VC. Now, Tom Stewart, I do actually really like um, as an option. Um, we know Carlton are pretty shit. Um, won't be too good kicking the ball inside 50. And there's no one playing for Carlton that would mean Tom Stewart will be locking down. So... Yeah. I do really like it. Um, they haven't played yet this year, so there's no recent history to go by. Um, Stewart had an 84 last year against them, but yeah, I, I do like Tom Stewart for sure. Yeah, cool. We'll move on to the next one, uh, the Saturday night game between Brisbane and St Kilda. Venue, though, is TBC. So they haven't actually de- determined where they're going to play this Brisbane game. Um, yeah, well, obviously it won't be up there. Um well, they're out of lockdown now, Dano, so I can't see any reason why it wouldn't be up there. I think it's more so to do with flights and whatnot, the but way that they they're arranging to... everything, because some states are allowing some states to travel there and some states aren't. Yeah, but they'd be allowing Victoria because we haven't had a case for a, a week or so. Yeah, but then who does Brisbane play the next week? Who does St Kilda play the next week? So I think they're just going to try and keep everything in the states that weren't in any lockdowns. Right. But I could be wrong, and they might they might end up announcing it at the fucking Gabba. Who knows? There's two anyway. games in Perth this weekend, Dano. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so in terms of Brisbane, I didn't like the fact that Dane Zorko looked absolute shit ass in the first half last week and then had like pretty much a 90-point half. So um, I'm not too sure on him as a... As an option, um, you can't go past Jack Steele. Yeah, no, I do like Jack Steele. Brisbane aren't a huge tagging team, so he'll probably go really big. Um, I do like Dane Zorko, don't I? Um, yeah. I think he'll bounce back and have a pretty good game. There's one player that's a massive POD that I think will ha- could have a potential ripper in this one. He'd be a VC option. Do you know who it is, Pato? I do not. It's Daniel Rich. Interesting. I just, I, I just got like you pull up his scores. You pull up Daniel Rich's scores. Yeah. I'm just uh, looking at Jack Steele, don't know, and he's got 167 against the Lions last year. Yeah, so that's so, pretty, pretty juicy. Um, I will just bring up Daniel Rich. I know he's been scoring well. Yeah, and he's I'm, not in many teams at all. Yeah, he's. I'm just just looking on the POD side of things. I just reckon that he'd be a great option. My internet's shit here, though. So it's not loading his stats up for me, but that's okay. Um, but anyway. Yeah, 
He didn't play against them last year. Yeah. At 113 the year before against the Saints. Yep. But look at his scoring this year. Just not against the Saints, but in general. He's been super consistent. Um, he's had 72 in round one against Sydney, but other than that, he hasn't had he hasn't dropped below 90. Yeah. And what's his highest been? 138. 138. I swear he went higher. But I, I just got this feeling that he he can he, he'll go all right against the Saints. But that's a real left fielder. Not many teams have him. So um I don't like Hugh McCluggage at all if you've got him. Don't like it. And I'm not even sure if Neil's gonna play or whether yeah, I just so it's either Zorko Rich or um Jack Steele for me in this one. Yeah, or um or Lions if you're one of the 10% of teams that has oh them. yeah, fuck. See, even I'm just forgetting about Lions. He goes so unnoticed on the footy field. <laughs> yeah, just goes about his business, Mr. Yeah. Ultra consistent. Oh fucking hell. Sorry about that, Jared Lyons. I completely drop, drop fucking once all year, Dano. Yeah, he's super consistent too. Fuck, I fucked that up. He just played um 150 games or something, didn't he? Yeah, he played his 150 against his former team or one yeah. of his former team. Yeah, fuck. Sorry. Sorry, I fucked that up. It's that kind of podcast today. It's that kind of podcast. Anyway, Sunday, we have Greater Western Sydney versus Gold Coast Suns at TBC. So we've got another to be confirmed venue. Um Either way, it's not going to be in New South Wales. So no home ground advantage for either team here, Pato. This one might be in Canberra, though, Dana. I don't know why they wouldn't have it there. Uh, might still be too awkward to move around, potentially. Maybe. Potentially. Um, if it is in Canberra, fucking, there's some good options for the Giants with that one, but I have a feeling it's going to be... In Victoria, potentially, um, but yeah, sorry. Um, we're going to have to speed this up anyway. Um, who have you got? Uh, I like Whitfield. Um, he had 140-odd against the Suns last year, um, 148, in fact, um, and then 159 in 2019 in round 23. So his last two, he's gone absolutely big against the Suns, so I really like him. Yep, yep, sweet. Sorry, I'm just... <sighs> My laptop cord fell out and I'm fucking trying to charge the thing all over again because it said it was about to die. So it's that kind of podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh Kelly for me as well is one. Um, is, it, is it weird to say that I think Matty Rao could pop off? Now that is very interesting, Dano. I just, yeah. And it won't surprise me if he pops off with like 21 disposals. Yep, he's that sort of player. Yeah, it just just will not surprise me. Just going on your rule of four weeks and looking at Dangerfield. Yeah, uh, it's putting Rail in the same echelon as freaking Dangerfield, though. But yeah, I just I just got this feeling when people play well, it seems to be against the Giants. So um, anyway, they're they're the only ones I can think of. They're your Whitfields, your Kellys, and I'm going to throw it out there, Matty Rail. Yep, I like it. Um, Western Bulldogs versus Sydney at Marvel Stadium. I don't think you can go past the oh well, the Bont had an, a down one last week, as we predicted, Pato. Well done. Yes, um, yes. Now, uh, Tato, hopefully you listen to us when we say that these guys don't play well against certain teams. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the C on these guys. Yeah, man. This week, 
I think Tate will be happy though because I think Bontempelli is just going to fucking go bananas. <laughs> yep, I really like Bontempelli. Just for the record, uh, Jack McRae had 92 against the Swans last time, last year. Yep, um, yep. Now, don't know whether he got tagged or not, but I would assume that he had some sort of run with role in that game. So I don't think they have a matchup for Bontempelli. They'll probably just put a JPK on him to bounce off him and Bontempelli won't care about that. He'll do his own fucking thing and... Uh, Probably get another three votes on the way to his Brownlow this year. So, um, yeah, these last two against the Swans are 166 and 158. Oh. So if that doesn't give you enough confidence to whack the seat on Bontempelli, if you've got him and if your VC stuff's up, then uh, I don't know what will. Yeah, um, Callum Mills also because it's away from Sydney. But, fuck, did we mention Tookie Miller in the last game? No, we didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. It's that kind of fucking podcast. Another another one that just... Well, we mention him every week with the Gold oh, Coast game. Oh, I know um, we do. And this this week, we've just gone... Whoo. Um, yeah, Tookie Miller against the Giants is another one. Sorry about that, guys. Fucking hell. I have these players on a list, and then I've gone through my list of players, and I've blatantly missed two of them, even though they're right in front of me. So apologies, community. Um, but yeah, Callum Mills away from Sydney. Gotta love it. You'll go boonanas. I've also got Jake Lloyd here, but I don't know why I've got Jake Lloyd because he's not really going Jake Lloyd. He's been pretty consistent, so he's not doing horribly. Um, but, yeah, he's, but he's not, not having going last year. He's not going like mega. You want like a mega captain option? Yeah, and it's not him this year. No, it's not. And yeah, but I've listed him down anyway um, as a potential one. Um, I can't see, and I had Buddy Franklin question mark, but I'm not going to put him down against the doggies to kick a bag. No, nah, there's too many points to go to that dog midfield yeah. before anyone yeah. gets a look at any points. So correct, correct. Um, moving on to Richmond versus Collingwood at the MCG. Um, that's the, on the Sunday at 4:10 p.m. Who would you have in this one, and are you going to say his name? <laughs> No, there's only one person in this game, Dano. Don't even look at anyone else. Brody Grundy, he'll go fucking nuts. And um, I mean, unless Nan Curvis comes back, he's actually maybe going to come back, but I still think Grundy will do pretty well against him. Yeah, I've got Grundy here, but I also have he who shall not be named as well <laughs> listed there. Oh, don't, oh, Dano. I know. And I reckon he's going to score higher than the official version of himself. <laughs> I reckon Kmart Dusty might score higher than actual Dusty. I'm going to try and get to this game too, Dano. And if I have to go pay money, I won't be paying money because I'm a member, but <laughs> if I have to spend my Sunday afternoon, evening even, it's a 4.10 game or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's 4.10, yeah. If, if I have to t- spend my Sunday night having to watch that cunt absolutely... Oh, shit, sorry. That's okay. Keep going, mate. We we don't edit that shit out. Um, yeah, if I have to watch that guy play really well... Um, a, while I'm at the venue, I'm probably going to leave early and I'm not a leave early sort of guy. So, um, look, hope not, but look, I can't rule it out. Um, Pendlebury might have a big game as well against the Tigers. Um, we're traveling that poorly. Yep, fair enough. Anyway, I can't see anyone other than Dusty for Richmond. Um, oh, actually, no, no, no. Now that we mentioned him, Jaden Short might have a big one because Collingwood um, do like to kick a few behinds. Yes, and he, he might get 12 kickouts alone. Um, and there's yep. 12 kicks on top of all the, the seagull possessions he already gets. So um, Jaden Short's not a bad shout, but I think it's risky because you're looking at a captain in that in that um, Sunday afternoon slot. So um, I think if you've got him, just take take the 110, 120 that he'll probably get, but I don't think it's worth the risk as a captain. 
Yeah. If you got the luxury of doing uh, VC in that day, um, you've got the C options on the Monday, July 12, which is at Optus Stadium, which is West Coast versus North Melbourne. Now, West Coast are travelling absolute poo at the moment, but who would you have in West Coast versus North Melbourne, Pado? And I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, I'm... They tend to let halfbacks go absolutely wild, Dano, and it's at Optus Stadium, and there's plenty of room to roam out there if you're a Seagull. So, Mr. Aaron Hall, I really like to have a big one this game. I also don't mind, and this is a shout-out for James Durkin and Cunnington. Just See, Elliot Yo, I think, is the one for me, and I think he'll bounce off Cunnington pretty well, and I think Elliot Yo might get on top of him there. I think Cunnington is almost untaggable because even if you put a tagger on him, even if you play a tagger on him or someone like that, he just gets a He's going to have someone hanging off of him. He just finds a way to get rid of the footy and clean. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. Yeah, so I I don't mind Ben Cunnington in this one, and I I'm sure James Durkin, aka Jed, might find a way to chuck a C on him this week. Uh, if his VC of Brody Grundy, who I'm assuming he's going to go with, doesn't pay off. Um, but yeah, I don't mind Ben Cunnington. Elliot Yo is the other one, but I, I couldn't, I don't have faith to put the C on him just yet if I bring him in, which I'm leaning towards bringing him in. Yeah, yeah. no, I like um, Hall or Zebel, um, personally. Yeah, Hall, Hall's probably the go to out there. Seagull it up. Anyway, that's all we got time for this week, but over fucking gone an hour and 15 minutes. Um, is there anything you want to say to the community out there? Um, your Twitter handle or anything like that, even though we say it every week. Yeah, no, Pado, um, SCCC is my Twitter handle. Um, chuck us a follow. We try and keep up to date with all the news and keep you guys all up to date with the news. Um, yep. Just general super coach commentary over the weekend. Yeah, yep, yep. But um, yeah, other than that, no, good luck with your trades. If you've got any last minute uh, questions, don't be afraid to shoot us a, a PM on uh, Facebook. One of us will get to it. Or um or privately on on either of our Twitters, um we're more than happy to help out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've got you know if you're tossing up between two or three different guys, don't be afraid to to shoot us a message and ask who we recommend. Yeah, correct. And we are trying to migrate to Podbean as well for the listeners out there, because um, I know a few of you have asked for us to get on Podbean. We're also on Google. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, um, and soon to be Pod been as well so we're getting out there we're spreading our wings pato i haven't even looked at the numbers from last week because that was the first week that we've been on all of those platforms um but anyway um my twitter handle is at d-a-n-e-o-s triple c as well and i'm very active on there at the moment so yeah chuck us a follow and chuck us some shit on facebook too anyway guys that's all we got time for so from us at the super coach co-captains my name is dano and my name is pato and this is us signing the fuck off boom shaka like a bitches